Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So last week, Catherine spoke on, uh, she shared a lot of stories from our year, a bit of a testimony of the year, the things that we as a church had done, and it was quite awesome to watch, and the real key part of what she was sharing was it was what we had done as a congregation, that every person in this room here had contributed in some way, whether you contributed in your attendance, whether you contributed in your serving, or you contributed financially, that virtually every person here took part in what, what our church has done as a whole this year. But what she also did through that message is she casted a bit of vision. She shared a few things that really set the scene for what God is also calling us to do. Uh, But vision for me has been a bit of an elusive rabbit over the years uh, that I've just recently come into a bit of a revelation of what it actually looks like uh, to to understand it and to partner with it. And so tonight I'm going to share a bit about what vision looks like. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to be cast it. Um, but I am going to talk what it looks like to understand whether we are partnering with it or not and how to partner with it because uh, we are going to talk vision um, next year. We're going to talk about what we're going to do as a church and I really want to set a foundation, a structure, a framework in which we can understand that vision and partner with it. Is that okay? <clears throat> so what is vision? So vision is, a, is the bridge between the present and the future. Vision is the bridge between the present, what you're living in today, and the future that God has called you into. That vision is the bridge. And there's a quote from P.K. Bernard, which says, A person without a vision is a person without a future. And a person without, without a future will always return to their past. So you have this picture of, of vision being a bridge in which it gives you access to your future. But if we don't partner with the vision or if we don't understand the vision that's in front of us, we end up simply just returning to our past. And you'll see that in some people around you that they, they get older but they don't necessarily grow up. They get older, but they don't necessarily grow up because they're not willing to cross that bridge that comes from vision in order to become who God's called them to be. And it has that perception of they're going in circles, but actually they're just not moving. So vision is the bridge in which we access our futures. And I also Googled it, and it said, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom, the ability to think about or plan the future. So my first question is, like, how do you plan the future? What's like the, the, most, the most effective thing you can do to plan for the future? Well, just say, the most effective thing you can do to plan for the future is act in the now. The most effective thing you can do to plan for the future is to act in the now. And this is the definitive difference between vision and a wish or a desire. The definitive difference between vision and a wish is that a vision will cause you to act in the now. It'll cause you to make decisions in the now that influences where you're gonna go. It causes you to partner with that bridge that is in front of you, whereas a a wish or um, a dream is something that just is pleasurable in the moment. I'm gonna play a wee video 
in, the, in this video, it's a 39 second clip and it's of um, a car inside a, a camera inside of a rally car. And the rally car is doing between 200 and 300 kilometers an hour on a dirt track. And you'll see it fly past trees and houses. And at that speed, you don't just go through the wall into the lounge, but you would go through the entire house if he came off the track. But I just want you to watch this and just appreciate it if we could, Mediwait. There's a lot of them if you want to watch them. Um, but I just wanted you to feel that. I wanted you to feel how like insane it is like to have a car flying at such a high velocity and so like ruthlessly sliding around yet in such finesse, they do that for hours and hours. And like if you ever want to watch a funny video, watch people who ride in rally cars for the first time. And I had the real awesome privilege of doing a rally school uh, in Hamilton several years ago when I first became a Christian. A friend gave me $1,100 to do a rally school and it was so amazing. But the most amazing part was not my driving, it was actually going with a rally driver and just the way they can handle a car around the corner was incredible. But why I showed you that video, other than the fact that I love it, is that um, uh, it's, it's a wish of mine to be a rally driver. Like it's a wish, you know, like it's a desire. I believe God gave me the desire. He gave me the desire to really appreciate the rally school and really appreciate videos like that. But it's a wish. It's not a vision that I have for my life because I'm not training to be a better rally driver. I'm not spending time around people who know how to drive cars really well. I'm not saving for a new car. I'm not in any form of training. I'm not making any decisions today that's gonna allow me to rally tomorrow. And actually, I was working in a, uh, fixing an electrical PowerPoint for a client a while ago, and I was chatting to him, it was this year, and I was chatting to him, and he just started to say how he uh, basically has been an international rally, and long story short, he's probably in the top three rally drivers of New Zealand. And I'm there, you know, like, it's my, it's my wish, it's my dream, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, am I in the presence of a rally god, you know? Like, and I know that's whatever, but that's how I thought. And uh, I was like, you know, how do I handle this moment, you know? Like, how do I honour this man? And anyway, um, but it's a wish of mine to be a rally driver. It's not my vision. And so I didn't say to him, hey man, can you take me out for a drive or can I, can I work with you? Could I go on a, a rally with you? You know, like, could I be a part of what you're doing? Because it's only a wish, you know, like I have a vision for myself and it looks different to that. And so you know what I did in the moment? I fixed his PowerPoint because that's what I was getting paid to do. And then I asked him if I could pray for him because I have a vision for my life that I believe Jesus gave me when I became a born-again Christian, that other people would come to know his love through my life, that I get to display God's love to others. And that is a vision I have for my life, and it influences the decisions I make every day. It influences the decisions I make with my money, the decisions I make with my time, the decisions I make with relationships is influenced by that vision. The difference between a vision and a wish is a vision is affecting the day you're living in today. 
How do you plan for the future? Act for the now. You have to make. You will make like you won't have to, but you will make. You will make sacrifices for a vision. You know, you know, you have a vision for something if you're making a sacrifice for it. Now, sacrifice is a decision to intentionally live below where you could live to show restraint in a moment in order to have release in another. So finance is a really easy example of this, that if you have vision to do something with finances, then you're gonna show restraint in a moment, whether it's tithing or giving, you're gonna show restraint in a moment. You're gonna make a sacrifice to live below what you otherwise could have in order to see a release in another moment. You can tell what you have vision for by what you're showing restraint in. Vision will cause you to say no in a moment in order to say yes in another. And the greater vision you have for your future in a certain area will determine the size of the restraint you show in that area. Now, when I was younger, 15, 16, 17, I was a very apathetic young man uh, with no vision and I would go to school because that's just what you had to do. And then when school finished it, I'd just head home because that's just what you do. And I didn't do homework and no, I didn't pass. But um, I just had no vision for my life. I had no purpose. But my sister, on the other hand, she had vision. She had vision to be a top uh, soccer player. And so, um, but, but there was a few things that weren't going for her. Um, she was, I've never heard anyone describe her as fast. Um, she's generally been one of the slower, if not slowest, in the teams she's been in. Um, she's quite short. She's probably about this height. She probably only weighed about 50 kg at the time, so she didn't have much athleticism going for her. And one of her party tricks was actually her vertical jump. And so at parties, people would ask her to show her, show them her vertical jump. And she'd, she'd line it up, and everyone's waiting, watching, and she'd go for it. And like, no joke, it's close to about, about 10 to 20 centimeters. Like, it is difficult to understand. So she's starting with a pretty, a pretty low platform, one could say. But she had a vision for her life to play football and to play it well. And so by age 16, she was running up and down the drive, doing sprints, doing the ladder thing, doing the zigzags on the cones. And she was training because she had a vision for something greater. So she was making sacrifices in the moment. And so by age 16, this 50 kg, uh, non-fast, unable to jump, uh, young woman was playing in the Christchurch, the top women's football league. And uh, when she was 16, the second place highest goal scorer got 24 goals in the season, which is more than one goal a game. And uh, my sister got 36. So at age 16, she was arguably, well, definitely not arguably the best goal scorer. And she was also a midfielder. She wasn't even a striker. So at age 16, one of the slower people in the league who couldn't really jump, who was really, really tiny, was uh, turning the league upside down somewhat. And uh, a friend heard um, her account shared on, I think it was News Talk ZB or one of, the, one of the sports radio stations, and they said at the awards, they had this award, and you know, this was the goal scorer, and the, the, the person on the radio questioned its authenticity when he read out the numbers. But my sister had a vision. 
She had a vision, and because she had a vision, she made decisions in the moment that aligned her future. And I wonder if what it looked like for some of us, some of the areas of our lives where we've ruled ourselves out because we weren't genetically disposed or, or financially disposed or we weren't born into the right family. I wonder where we could actually be if we had a vision for where God, where God wanted to take us, if we were willing to make those decisions. If you have vision for something that costs you money, you are going to have to show restraint in the moment and how you spend it. If you have vision to have a family, you're going to have to show restraint and you're going to have to make decisions in the now to hang out with people you may want to marry. You're going to have to make decisions in the now to have those awkward conversations and put yourself around people and to, to, to learn to converse with the opposite sex. You're going to have to go through those awkward situations because you have a vision to actually have a family one day. And if you want to have a godly family, then you're going to have to make some decisions in the, in, in the now to get to know God really well because he's your key to a godly family, not your wife or husband. If you, if, you want to have a, if you have a vision for others to know God, then you're going to have to make decisions in the now today to be able to share your faith in moments, whatever that looks like for you to step out. And the greater vision you have, the greater restraint you'll see. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. But why do you want vision? Like, other than the fact it's good, you know, like, but why is vision so important? Why is vision so central? There's a couple of Proverbs, uh, Solomon writing in the book of Proverbs. And in 29 verse 18, many people would have heard this proverb, but this is out of the NIV, and it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Now, a typical translation which many people have heard is actually out of the King James Version where, where it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Like, hands up if you've heard that, where there is no vision, the people perish. So most people. So what they're doing there is they're translating the same Hebrew writing into English. So they're both kind of saying the same thing. They're trying to communicate the same thing. So this one says, where there is no revelation. The other one says, where there is no vision. And this says, people cast off restraint. The other one says, perish. Now, perish, I don't necessarily think their initial implication is actual physical death. I think it's more to do with the purposes and dreams that God has placed on your heart. That when you don't walk without vision and you don't walk without revelation of who God's called you to be, when you don't perceive the bridge in front of you that's linking you towards your destiny, then your dreams and those purposes can go to waste. But it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. And what is restraint? The ability to restrain yourself, the ability to show self-control in a moment. And Proverbs 25 verse 28 says, a city without, um, uh, like a city without walls is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city without walls is a person who lacks self-control. And what is self-control? That's the ability to restrain yourself. So if we understand that process, if we come for a little journey, that, that if we do not have vision, we do not have restraint. We do not have self-control. And if we do not have self-control, we are like a city without walls. And you may have seen this in your life, but there are people who float around you and they don't have a vision for their lives and they don't have a purpose for their lives and they're not aware of it and they're walking around like a city without walls, without defense. And so when people come into their world, they can come right into their world and take those things of value. And so if you're in this place tonight, 
and you don't feel like you have any vision for your life, I don't want you to feel condemned because Jesus knows how to meet every single need in this room and he has a vision for you. But if you genuinely don't have a vision for your life, then I really encourage you to place yourself around people who know how to value you until you do. Because if you're walking around without a vision, you're walking around like a city without walls and a city without walls can be pillaged because there are a lot of hungry people in this world. There are a lot of people who are really hungry, who are hurt, who are disappointed and they would like to get some sense of justice and it's really, really hard when you watch people who are hurt hurting others. But when you have a vision, you have clarity and when you have clarity, you're no longer moved to and fro by the winds but you can walk forward in purpose. When you don't have vision, you submit yourself to anyone and everyone around you. And one of the most vulnerable positions you can be in is one without vision. God has a vision for every person here sitting, standing. Every person sitting here. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a, a hope and a future. Now, if we remember back to Google's definition, vision is the ability to plan for a future. And so what Father God is saying in Jeremiah 29.11 is, For I know the visions I have for you. I have planned for you. I have planned things for you. I have a bridge that is going to link you to your destiny. And God has those, but I lived most of my life unaware of that. And I just want to encourage you that if you haven't been aware of the vision or the, the calling or the purposes God has put on your life up until this point, then it's okay, but also that he is inviting you into that. And we're going to have a bit of time as we close tonight to really just lean into that because uh, like, I just really want every person here to walk out knowing either the vision that God has for your life and the purpose that he has for your life, or I want you to have hope that he has one for you. I want you to have a hope and an expectation that you are going to encounter that.